Hi, my name is Anita Foster. I'm the Library Media Specialist at Autry Middle School in Kennesaw, Georgia. Hi, I'm Ingrid Hansen. I'm the Library Media Specialist at Lindley Sixth Grade Academy in Mapleton, Georgia. Hey everyone, I'm Lori Quintana and I'm the Library Media Specialist at Griffin Middle School in Smyrna, Georgia. Welcome to Everdue, Conversations from the Library. Hi, welcome to Overdue. We are so excited about this episode because today we're going to be talking about something that we absolutely love. Lori, you've done the research on this, so you want to take it away? Well, um, this is, like you said, very uh, something I'm very passionate about in our roles as uh, school librarians. Uh, we fulfill several different roles, but uh, the role of reading is something that is um, some. It's the role that I align to the most out of everything that we do. Everything I do is based in reading, and I try to incorporate reading in it um, at some in some fashion. Anyway, um, any program I'm doing in the library, I'm pulling the books in, or I'm finding ways to help students with their reading achievement and to develop a love of reading. And so well, I think that's something that we all need to be doing. So this is why this is so important. Uh, well, and um, thankfully, uh, I am a member of the American Association of School Librarians. So I watch uh, when they put information out uh, for school librarians and I follow them on Twitter at AASL. And uh, so when I was on Twitter yesterday, I saw that they had put out their new position statement uh, for the role of reading for school librarians. And so we, you know, we have different professional organizations. We have our local CACOMS and we have our state GLMA and then we have AESL. Um, each of them, I don't think our CACOMS has position statements on anything, which is something we might need to work on. But I know GLMA is currently updating theirs, and then ASL is doing the same. And they pretty much all align with each other. There's a little bit of differences and stuff, but what makes ASL's unique is that it um, aligns with the shared foundations and domains for their framework for learners. And so when you look at the role of reading through ASL, um, it breaks it down into the the framework um do you guys i mean have you ever looked at the uh the domains in the framework or the uh, foundations for asl You've, i do, do yeah do you definitely yeah. um and so there's inquire engage explore curate collaborate and include and so in their position statement they have taken that role of reading for school librarians and broke it down into each of those foundations to specify what school librarians should be doing in their space for the role of reading. And so I noticed that uh, it incorporates a lot of instruction, um, a lot of instructional leadership, and it goes really deep into us actually designing um, the curriculum and the, uh, the reading strategies for helping even uh, the students at very basic levels of learning how to read. It's not anymore just we are a space full of books and we're checking the books off to kids and they're on their way happily reading, right? Hopefully. Um, but we have a more active role in collaborating with uh, not only teachers, uh, but also reading specialists. And so I was talking to Anita earlier and I don't, we don't have reading specialists in our schools. And so, 
Um, it's really about just if you have, do you guys have reading teachers in your classes? We have. Or, I mean, in your schools? No, we're a non-Title I school, so we have one reading teacher who teaches all three grades. Um, so she has like two classes with one grade and one class with the other two grades. And then we have a Read 180 teacher as well. So um, that's the only reading support that we have at our school because we don't have the Title I funds to pay for those extra positions. We also have a Read 180 teacher. In addition, we just hired a reading tutor or reading specialist who is now working within our Enrichment Wednesday block to pick up some of those readers that need additional help. And then, of course, we have them in the library as well um, during Enrichment Wednesdays, again, looking at increasing our I scores. So are you guys doing any kind of collaborative work with those individuals um, between the library and helping students with their reading? Um, what I do, and quite honestly, I'm just going to tell you, I stole this from Ingrid. So, um, <laughs> but, you know, that's how we learn and we do things and we collaborate with things. And if somebody's got a great idea, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to borrow it. Oh, girl, please. I have not had an original idea in 20 years. I just <laughs> borrow other people's ideas. Exactly. So, um, you know, I had a college professor that once said, creativity is not coming up with the, your own idea. Creativity is seeing someone else's and implementing it well. Exactly. So, um, but yeah, I have a... A reading group that I meet with every Wednesday and we only meet for 30 minutes during um, it's we have a um, drop everything and read time we call it reading Wednesday and um, we meet for that 30 minutes and my group of boys and I specifically chose boys is 10 students who are just at or just below reading level um, I worked with the language arts teachers. I asked them to send me names first, and then I took those names to the administration who had access to all of the uh, reading inventory scores, and I said, okay, I need you to help me out. And we have certain criteria that, you know, they can't be behavior problems because we're only together for 30 minutes, so I don't want somebody that's going to come in there and cut up. Um, and let me just tell you, this is my second year doing it, and I just started it a few weeks ago with my students. These boys are impressing me. I mean, they are getting there on time. They're, I mean, and this is like our, our third week in. They're getting there on time. They're um, volunteering to read. Um, they're, they're wanting to be actively active participants in this. And that just makes my heart happy. And, you know, sometimes I'll stumble over words, as most eighth grade boys do. And, you know, we're reading it out loud together. Um, that was their choice, not mine, but I went with it. And they're doing a great job with it. Last year when we did it, we saw dramatic gains in every student. I think it was like a 45, 42 to 45 point gain was our average for the students who participated um, in my group. But I did have several that were hundreds of point gains. Mm -hmm. So, um, and it, I agree. When you Not to cut you off, but I no. just wanted to chime in that um, it's always so interesting to me that you will just have, you know, two or three of those kids that just took literally a 100-plus point gain, and then you'll have kids that were like, oh, look, I got a 10-point gain. Um, but it's just really re reaffirming to see those kids with those huge gains mm -hmm. that have really benefited from that individualized attention and that one-on-one -on -one reading or group reading, if you will. And it, it was so to the point that last year, okay, so one of my APs, her son was in my program, and she added him in. He was not on my original list, but she's like, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm putting my son in here. And I'm like, I'm totally fine with that. He was an eighth-grade boy. 
And she's like, because he does not like to read and he needs to read. And so um, what was um, funny was his score went dramatically up so much. So I think he might be in like an AC language arts class this semester because of it. That's awesome. And our last semester. And so because they're on the block schedule at the high school. And um, he was shocked when he saw his RI score and he said, Mom, look at this. My score jumped, and his was one of the ones that jumped a couple hundred points. And she says, well, what do you think caused that? She, he says, reading with, he named his language arts teacher who had them do a lot of reading, and with Miss Foster, she, he says, because they made me read, and I don't like to read. That's <laughs> so, great. Um, he recognized that as being, you know, one of the reasons that his score jumped but do up. But did you guys notice that it inspired those same students to continually read on their own, even after they weren't in your groups anymore? I think from my standpoint, yes, we're doing it this year, and I have, I have a lot of them. Um, the same like, kids? Yeah, oh, no. tw like 25 okay. that I see for an hour okay. and 10 minutes once a week. Um, and I will say that, yes, now, not all of them, but I would say a good percentage of them now are what I would term library kids, where they're in my space regularly, repeatedly, and looking to check out other books and that you know are not related with what we're reading within Enrichment Wednesday book group, but yes. Well, I, I saw my AP stu, uh, stu, uh, son the other day, and um, he was, they practice um, JV baseball in our bus port. Um, and so I walk out and he was there and I go, hey, and uh, I call him by name and he's like, hey, Ms. Foster. And I go, so what are you reading? Yes. <laughs> And he looked at me and he went, nothing right now. I'm too busy. And because I do know high school, they get really busy. Mm -hmm. And so I told his mom that. And uh, she's like, you know what? That's right. Because she used to be a language arts teacher at our school. Um, she said, that's right. Why don't you pick us out a book that we could read together? So I picked out a uh, sports fiction book because she loves sports too, and he, mm -hmm. he plays football and baseball. And I knew baseball season was just starting, so I, I picked a, I think it was a Tim Green baseball book and um, put those off to the side for her, and she came and checked them out, and they're going to read it together. I so, love it. So, um, yeah, he, uh, it, it's, it makes a difference too when you have parental support that's going to support that reading goal. Uh, absolutely, and that's something I want to talk about uh, a little bit later. But um, looking at the position paper for ASL on the role of reading, it says, as literacy leaders, school librarians are positioned to elevate the importance of reading, as well as reading proficiency to support all learners' academic success. And so in, in discussing what you guys were just doing with the groups, how did you determine those students that would be in the groups and how what were they pulled from to be in those groups? When did it take place? So um, this is my third year doing this. And each time, the first year was entirely different than the second year. So each time the way, the method, I guess, in which we've selected students has varied. This year, uh, we chose students that were uh, reading below grade level and we're reading at a basic level instead of proficient when tested on the milestones that were also not a behavior problem and not flunking anything. They were just those bubble babies, if you mm -hmm. will, from way back in the day when we used to call them that, where they're not, they're not those kids that are going to get that attention because they're not acting up mm -hmm. and they're not 
um, those kids that require additional one-on-one -on -one working with. There are those kids that just kind of skate by and slide through. And so those are the ones that we targeted. And like I said, we're... And those are the ones that, you know, when you hear them read, they're reading fluently. Right. But the comprehension may not be exactly. there. Exactly. Yeah. And so it was interesting. I did a survey this year, and um, one of the questions was, um, how would you describe yourself as a reader? Mm -hmm. I love that. And it yeah. was really interesting that it was multiple choice. And it was really interesting for me to see that the majority of students said that they were great readers, and yet they're not reading on grade level. And I thought that that was really profound, and it comes back to that comprehension So were they period. saying that to make the new librarian feel good that, <laughs> hey, I'm a great reader, not I mean, realizing maybe. that she had the data to go with it? Right. It very well could be. We'll see because we're going to do it again at the end of the year, and we'll see what that looks like. But um, just very interesting to get their perception of what that looks like and how it plays out. And it does really come back to comprehension, even in doing some of the different activities that I do with them. So we normally do some reading. We, we're listening to the audiobook and they're reading along. And then we break and do different activities as a class um, to talk about the book and to um, kind of explore that level of comprehension and to get them thinking about it in different yeah. ways. And it's been really interesting to see that level of comprehension and to see how it has kind of been emerging within the group over the course of the past semester or so. So I would think like as library media specialists, and this is something I do with our reading teachers, is I highly suggest doing the interest survey um, and engage their reading and their interests and everything like that. Uh, it's so important um, to be able to suggest books to students, uh, but also to um, be able to have those book discussions and get to know them as readers. I find it would I would find it very difficult if I was teaching reading to not know that about each of my students before we even get started with it. Right. And so I find I mean I think that's great. And then working with them, I work with the reading teachers. Um, it, they suggest books uh, for me to order to have in the library. I mean I don't have class sets. I can't do class sets obviously, but uh, I make sure that there's one or two copies of the books that their kids uh, mentioned in the survey. If you ask them what their favorite book is or their favorite author or something along those lines. Uh, so um, yeah, I mean I I love the survey thing, and so. Um, so when do they do it during the school day, though? Oh, I'm sorry. So we have something called Enrichment Wednesday. Uh -huh. So we take that third period block, which is normally when all of our lunches are scheduled, and it still is scheduled that way. But we break up the timing and the scheduling and mm -hmm. rearrange it so that we um, are taking kids, like I said, for 70 minutes okay. once a week. And they're going to different enrichment groups. So it's designed to do remediation throughout the school day with students that need it in different content areas. So there's, you know, a science um, enrichment and there's an ELA enrichment, so forth and so on. And um, this year we did the, the book club enrichment is how we refer to it. It's book club. So when you start with the kids, though, you have a baseline for them for their RI. How do you get that or how do you have access to that um, and, or who do you work with to uh, get that information so that you can see what their starting point is and where their growth has been? Actually, we have access to that as librarians, so we can go in and pull those reports ourselves, which I didn't know until recently. And so um, I worked with my assistant principal, uh, mm -hmm. Professor Banfield, and my academic coach, Kelly Beer. So they're also looking at those same numbers and 
uh, forwarding me kids that they think were um, meeting that criteria. And we sat down, Banfield and Beers and I sat down and looked at the kids. And she's like, you know, what's the criteria? What are we trying to do? Who are we targeting? And so it wasn't a decision I made unilaterally. I guess it was something that was more collaborative. And we all sat down and worked on that together and selected the students carefully. I will say that my group is, um, they come and go. So if, um, like for example, with the new semester, I got uh, an additional, I had kids that left me and then I got an additional handful of kids that hadn't been with me before. And so it's a little bit more challenging. It's not as um, steady as I had thought it was gonna be at the at the beginning of the year. However, it meets the needs of the students, which is really obviously so who's the focus. monitoring that? Who monitors that to determine the students as they are changing out and stuff? Um, my academic coaches do. Well, okay. my academic coach and certainly my assistant principal. So and this is I just this is awesome. That that is like collaboration at the ultimate level, right? Because <laughs> I mean, you've got you've got the school librarian, you've got the academic coaches, you've got APs, and all of you are working together uh, to help these students and and improve their reading. And um, I think that's great. I mean, so that's a great uh, example of where we come in as school librarians and the role of reading. And so the first foundation talks about inquire. And so it says that the school librarian designs and teaches engaging inquiry-based learning experiences and is talking about how we foster independence. Um, we foster independent and curriculum-based reading, information literacy, and inquiry skills to support lifelong learning. Um, and so that there, um, we're looking, I mean, we do the inquiry already with the inquiry and research and um, when we're collaborating with different subject areas anyway. And so how would you guys see this as the role of reading and bringing in the information literacy? So I guess I'm not sure what you're asking me. The, the inquire, so that's one of the foundations for right. And no, so, I understand. And then, so it, it, the component to that is saying that we that we foster the independent reading and the curriculum um, based reading through information literacy. And so, how would you, how could we as school librarians, I guess we could say, I shouldn't say you, how could right. we use the information literacy in um, as part of the role of reading? So we've got our books on the shelves, right? Mm -hmm. um, or we have our databases like Cobb Digital Library and stuff like that. How do you guys use that as an information inquiry part? Well, one of the things that I, there are a couple of things that are happening in my space that support that. For example, um, Working with my ELA teachers, they just finished a unit that included debate. And so we went through, and I had some classes that chose to do the research on their own through CDL, which was a lesson that they had taken from me. And then I had teachers who said, you know what, these are my topics. I don't have the time to bring them in to do this research. Could you select informational text for us to be able to use to do this research um, and determine you know, what we wanted to do for debates? So, it was individual collaboration with different teachers to make that happen. In addition, um, I recently had a whole bunch, a gaggle, as I always say, anything over three <laughs> is a gaggle, a gaggle of middle schoolers who have been obsessed with ghosts. Like, they keep saying, was that a ghost? Was there? And I'm like, there is no ghost, y'all, just stop. Oh, there could be ghosts in their um, building. <laughs> in my building, right? Are very so, large rats, I don't know. <laughs> they cast a big shadow, I'm yeah. just saying. Um, mm -hmm. But it's interesting. I think a lot of it is encouraging students to look at informational texts 
in a different light. So if this is something that you're interested in, I went through and purchased different books that were supporting um, paranormal research that even though I had some stuff, I didn't have a lot. I had some kids that were on the Titanic kick. I had kids that, of course, because of World War II being part of the standards that are really focused on that. I think it's just really listening to what your kids are telling you that they want to read, and it isn't always fictional. And I think that as we move more towards a bookstore model and we are reducing a lot of our informational right, texts, right, right. it really needs to be based upon um, student, so, student choice and what they're looking to read as opposed to just supporting the curriculum. I, I just want to point out there that I'm asking these like interview questions to Anita and Ingrid because I am this is my fourth year as a library media specialist and so I don't have all of that experience in the background with doing all of the teaching components of my job and so uh, I like to pick their brains I guess you could well, say and find all the interesting things that you guys are doing in there and so I mean I guess my question is when they're doing the inquiry um, how do you know they're actually reading and um, getting the information and thinking critically and, po you know, I mean, I, like, how, how do you engage with them to, if they pull an article from Cobb Digital Library to use for their inquiry, at, how are we gauging that they read it and that they're comprehending what they read to, in order to complete a project, you know what I mean? So. Okay, so uh, like Ingrid said, my sixth graders are also doing uh, research. Um, I teach them on... Monday and Tuesday on Sway and how to take their research then and put it into a Sway document um, or presentation. But um, what Ingrid doesn't have is because she's at one uh, one grade level school, lucky duck, um, <laughs> she, all of my ELA classes right now are doing research. So I've done something with every grade level in the last couple weeks. Um, so for example, um, eighth grade, they wanted um, an argumentative essay um, research web quest. Okay? Mm -hmm. There wasn't one. So Anita spent two days creating one for them. And so on there, there's different assessments that the teacher can do to make sure that the students are understanding mm -hmm. it, whether it's a um, um, Padlet-type thing mm -hmm. or a graphic organizer-type thing. Or there were, I, I gave various different, on the like five or six pages of this web quest, I gave various different ways of assess, but it was also like the graphic organizers, what we were having them do with the argumentative, it also fed into, okay, this is your report, so it's going to end up being, you're going to take this graphic organizer and help write your report later on. So we have that. Um, seventh grade was a little different, and um, they wanted primary and secondary sources, so um, I had them come in for those primary and secondary sources lessons um, that were really good. And then um, sixth grade is also very different, and they wanted some type of argument debate type thing, and we're very lucky to have in Cobb County, Cobb Digital Library, that ha houses all of our online resources. Mm -hmm. And so we have opposing viewpoints on there. Um, Which I is such that. a great, I and that's exactly one of my favorites as well. It's such a great resource. Yeah, However, is. did you know there's another one for free? Oh, outside. Okay, never outside, mind. and I just put it on my my because librarians have the access to go in and add things and remove things from their Cobb Digital yes. Library pages, uh, our databases. So I went in and I um, added 
ProCon.org. I love it. ProCon.org, and it shows you three bullet points for the pro and three bullet points for the um, con. So that one was really good, too. So, um, that kind of okay, what like you don't see is... Ingrid is getting her pen and paper out to uh, write it down. And, uh, oh, I, I opened a tab on Lori has already <laughs> opened it up on her laptop. So it is a really good resource. Um, but, yeah, um, we, we use that for the students to go in and do their research. So sometimes I support the teachers and the students through creating things for them that they may need, like graphic organizers or even something that I spent days on, like a web quest. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, when people see me at my desk, which is located this year in the, in the middle of the CLC or off to the side in the CLC, um, and I'm working at my desk, they know that I'm working on something for them probably because I do do a lot of creating for, for my teachers uh, when I'm not actually doing the instruction part of the, the lesson. So, No, I think that's fabulous. Um, we, we, we talk about, I love how you've integrated technology into that to, to uh, gauge and um, assess their comprehension for what they're researching. So that's awesome. Well, we, we want them to be critical thinkers, but we yeah. also want them to be 21st century, even though I hate that term, learners. I know, right? Um, Future-ready learners, right. maybe. Future-ready. Um, so that they're prepared for the next phase in their life and beyond because if they're not ready for it then um we've got to get them ready i agree i absolutely agree so i mean i'm just highlighting that in addition to the role of reading we're incorporating the technology to support that as well so um which is great and critical and important yes absolutely so then the next foundation talks about include, and it talks about the school librarian's role in reading development by selecting reading materials and resources in a wide variety of formats that reflect diverse and inclusive points of view. And so... Um, Read woke. <laughs> right? Project lit. Right. Project lit. <laughs> um, so you're looking at the learner's ability to read for informational needs and for personal enjoyment. And so um, it's also talking about how um, under include that you're supporting the principles of intellectual freedom and providing learners with access to information that represents diverse points of view. Um, You're enabling equitable physical and intellectual access by providing, get this guys, reading level free, universally designed environments and adaptive devices. So um, this this includes a lot. So I think between the three of us, we're, we're hitting the diverse um, uh, books and resources and things that we're providing for our students um, and that are, you know, providing points of view. But looking at uh, the intellectual freedom part of it and um, trying to decide and determine which books to include is very important. And um, I actually just saw an email that came across my screen from one of our newer library media specialists in the district asking us to share our uh, book orders, uh, our lists that we've purchased of books in our libraries this year, which obviously I'm going to happily do. Uh, but when you're looking for those uh, diverse and inclusive books and stuff, what what are your resources for determining what those are and um, where they're, you know, which one should be included in your collection? All right. So I've said it before, and I'll say it until I'm dead, probably. But 85 to 90 percent of my book order is student requested. Yes, um, mine too. So mm-hmm. um, I I have up on a, a glass dry erase board an area where students write books, and then I'll when I erase them I'll put on there books ordered on and give them the date, 
and then I'll say next order on, and then I'll give them the date. And then they, they'll fill it up again. And so, like, I probably have, like, 20 titles right now on my, my board. Um, but when you're going through those lists, those yes. books that they suggest, how do you determine from there what to order? So I look at age appropriateness. Mm -hmm. um, I will not order any adult level books. The AD. The AD. Mm -hmm. um, just because either they're going to... I won't say I never will because they I do suggest them, I have, but. <laughs> but where I have was I had a student who was brilliant and um, he, he came to me one day and he said, Miss Foster, there's no books on Stephen Hawking's here. The only one that you have is a biography and it, it, it was written, you know, so long ago. Mm -hmm. And so I said, well, tell me what you want. What you really, really want. <laughs> and so he gave me a couple of titles, and I ordered those. And those were adult-level books. But he could handle it. And I knew that it was something that, you know, he would be able to handle. Um, it wasn't anything that was risque, adult-level. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. um, so I, I look at it, and then um, we just added this year. Even though I've purchased some young adult titles in the past, we did add um, a young adult area and so now I'm any young adult book I'm I'm looking at and so considering. How, how do you support the intellectual freedom uh, part of that? You know, because sometimes uh, teachers will come and say, "I don't know if that's appropriate for my kids to be reading." I'm not sure how I feel about having young adult um, even in my classroom library. Um, you know, how do you uh, support the intellectual freedom for a student? Ingrid, do you want to? Well. You all know that I'm opinionated about young really? No, I know. It's a shock. It is. Um, frankly, if I am on the fence on a book, I buy it. I buy one copy. And then I farm it out to my readers. So I have readers that I left at Campbell Middle School that I send the book through inner office mail to, and they send it back to me. I take it home and let my 83-year-old mother read it, and I can tell you that oh, she MG. scrutinizes it <laughs> with a very fine lens. Um, for example, at one point I brought her a book home, and I'm like, you know, can you read this for me and tell me if it's appropriate? She's like, oh, sure. So she'll read the book. And I came home like the following day, and she's like, yeah, no, this, this needs to be young adult. And I said, all right, that's great. Tell me why. So, you know, I have an understanding. And she said, well, it has drag racing in it. Drag racing is against the law. <laughs> yes. Love yes, her. it is, Mom. You are 100% right. So she is, she's very cautious, and, and she looks at things very um, closely, as does uh, another reader that I have at CMS. And so... And, and then I read the book, absolutely, if I have the time. So if I'm on the fence, then I buy it and I have somebody look at it there, there's that this, I trust and respect. There's this one thing that I cannot get over that bugs me that I tend to not have these books in my space. And this, I don't know, maybe it's an issue that I have that you guys can help me with. But if an author is overtly using profanity for no other reason than to use it just to see how many times they can get certain words into their book. I'm like, yeah, no, I don't want that in my space. And I agree with you, Anita. I mean, I, I am a strong supporter of um, providing access to information <laughs> to students, but I've read a couple of young adult books myself where I'm like, well, I don't really think that was necessary for the storyline, and I think it would have been better without it. I, I don't know if they're going for the shock value to get kids to read, um, but I, I, I agree, and I hope that young adult authors 
take that into consideration that sometimes the language doesn't need to be there to get a really good story across to students. I'm going to throw this out there and I'm going to just nail the author to the wall on this one. Um, Ready Player One. Mm -hmm. Fantastic book. Klein but used a lot of profanity. I would book. swear that he used the F word just to see how many times he could put it into the one book. It, I will say this. I think that, that it comes back to the power of having firsthand knowledge of what you're putting into your collection and how it meets your personal guidelines for what you deem appropriate for your students to be reading. I personally um, put Ready Player One in Campbell Middle School media center back when I was there and I put it under young adult because of the profanity um well there's but also I can other have, things in there yes but I can appreciate why you would not have chosen to it is not in Lindley sixth grade academy because even at a young mm -hmm. adult level yes. I feel like yes. that content is too mature and if they want it they can wait until they're at a different school or they can purchase it independently I encourage them to do that as well but it isn't a book that I felt needed to be um that my students need to be exposed to at 11 and 12. So now let me say this. My principal is wonderful. And um, he was walking through one day and I was reading at the circulation desk. This is one of my first years there when I had time to actually read um, sitting at the circulation desk. And it was at the end of the day. And I was reading a Meg Cabot book called Pants on Fire. <laughs> I can only imagine. And he, he, lifted the, he lifted the book to look at it and went, why is that here? And I went, because it's okay for our kids to read it. And he went, I don't know about that. His rule is if it's got sex in it, he doesn't want it on our campus. And I totally respect that. So I, I, don't, limit, I don't limit books by his standing. If there's a book that I'm in question of... Um, I uh, tend to farm it out to other people. For example, we just got in, and I'm going to lose the name of it. Um, it's the graphic novel by the Lunch Lady graphic novel artist. Um, Jared, it starts with an A, and I'm so sorry, I'm losing it. Um, but he did a graphic novel of his life, and there is language in there. There is drug use in there. Um and I farmed that out to one of our assistant principals and um, the same one who her son was in my reading group. And I said, okay, what do you think about this? And um, she read it and went, it's fantastic. The guidance counselor borrowed it from her. I had to beg for it back. And the guidance counselor went, absolutely. We've got kids here on this campus that need to read this. So um, have you looked it up yet, Lori? I'm trying to, and um, I don't want to say the author's name who keeps coming up because I don't want it to, um, to be confused. I'm just looking at different – I tried to bring up Jared. You said Jared, right? Yes. So anyway, guys, so while Anita's figuring that I'm, out. I'm, I've got to look it up because, yes. you know, it's going to drive me crazy. Um, that's okay. We look at hundreds of books a day, right? So um, at, at one time or another, we're going to forget the last name of an author or something. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, so like, so the second part of this include is um, looking at the providing books reading level free. And I bring this up because, um, as you all know, I do a lot of social media, and so I see in the library groups, especially on Facebook, where um, 
library media specialists are still talking about whether they should level their books in their libraries or not. Uh, and so um, I, I, mine is not, and my books are not leveled. They were at one time, and so there are still stickers on the bindings from that because that was from like several years ago, especially with AR. Uh, and so I think this is a great thing to have in their position statement now so that library media specialists can refer back to that and they can firmly stand and say if, if they're approached in, by anybody else in the building um, asking why they're not leveled. Um, I've had some people ask why we don't have the IRI levels on our books, you know, since that's what we're measuring their reading on. And so I'm just like, no. <laughs> and no, we, I don't level either. Okay, so just those that were wondering, it's Jarrett, J-A-R-R-E-T-T. -T. Oh, I had that up. Okay. I will butcher his last name. Yeah, because I So it's... It K-R-O-S-O-C-Z-K-A, and the name of the book is Hey Kiddo. And oh, I, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Of course, yeah. Hey, now hey, we know kiddo. what you're talking yeah. about. It's <laughs> a so great book. I will, yeah, it's an, a fantastic <laughs> book. I it highly recommend it for high school and middle school. Check so it out. Jarrett, not Jared. Jarrett. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think is wasn't the sub guy subway guy yes. Yes. yeah okay that's what I, okay. all right so anyway. okay now I can get that off my chest <laughs> thank goodness and I will say now you have got me all thinking that um I don't that at the end I, I don't have a leveled library at all and um the best I, I have done is I've color-coded with dots and genres, and we've called that a day. But I do have a separate section called the Navigator section that I assembled specifically for my um, ESOL students and for my MID students and for my small group students who come in and struggle to find a book that they actually can read, that they I, can read from beginning to end. And mm -hmm. so these are um, high-interest, low-lexile books, mm -hmm. but they also have things like, um, gosh, <sighs> Big Nate is in there. Um, See, so, my Big Nate's on the shelf. Like in so the, it's on my so shelf, maybe too. Like, no, but I'm talking like in the realistic fiction area. Right. Um, I call mine Emergent Reading, and it has picture books in there, and then it has books like things that... Even I donated because uh, my son no longer reads them. Is like Magic Tree House, my Magic Tree Junie House, Junie B. Jones, yep. and See, Jack exactly. Sparrow, yes. and stuff like that. And I, my, and again, my big Nate's over there. But um, what do you call yours? You I call it Navigator. Okay. So, and there are yellow dots in my library, and it's it's not a huge section, but it's designed and it's right up in the front near the desk, so that when I have a kid who's coming in and needs a book from that section, I can come over and direct them and help them find something because there's a lot of genres within that one section, if that makes sense to you. See, yes. now I really like the idea of you putting the yellow dots because only you know what that means, exactly. right? And so, but I also like that they're pulled because it's quick access for you so that when you do have students come in and they do tell you this is my Lexile level and they're not going on this big hunting spree, um, and I try to uh, direct them to Destiny if the mm -hmm. Lexile level is put in there and then create a list from there. To, but then they're still doing this big search for all these books in different areas. So I really like that. Um, I, would, I like the creative name of that, you know what I mean? Because then it's 
I see it's where not, students would not go to that section, right. you know what I mean, if, or want to be seen in that section. Exactly. So I love that. And so, um, and so do you put like elementary level chapter books in there? I I'm do. Fi- I'm finding that I'm having to purchase a lot more of those books this year than I have in the past. I have too, which and, I don't know what that says, but. And so I'm just saying our bu- our budgets need to be increased to like um, take that. Support that. that to, yeah, to yeah support for sure. that um, as well um, because, you know we have different needs um, across the board for our students. Well, and to kind of piggyback on what you were saying about creating a section that doesn't have that stigma attached to it, mm-hmm. that, you know, you have to read a baby book. Mm-hmm. That's purposely why I put, mm-hmm. like, Big Nate. And other more popular mm-hmm. books in that section, I will have kids that that clearly don't need to be reading from the navigator section and will still choose to go to that section for I mean, I titles. might even just say, oh, those are just the, the books that kids check out all the time and it's easier mm-hmm. just to put them in one space. So those those are what every, yeah. you know. Uh, like, and my kids, if you said, what's the navigator section? They'd be like, I don't know. But they, <laughs> they know where the yellow dot books are. Um, so. Yes. All right, um, so what else do we have, Lori? All right, so the next foundation is collaborate, which is something that is like a buzzword for school librarians now, right? Uh, that is part of our job and our standards and everything, and even at the local level here in our job. So uh, the school librarian is an instructional partner who models and supports independent reading and the development of reading comprehension through curricular planning, instruction resources, and literacy activities. So librarians should be co-designing, co-implementing, and co-evaluating interdisciplinary lessons and units of instruction that help Help learners increase reading proficiency through inquiry learning experiences, which we've already talked about the inquiry part. So they're collaborating with educators and specialists um, to integrate paper and online reading comprehension strategies in library instruction. So when we look at that, how do you guys, what do you think that means to you guys? To me, that's telling me that, um, and we already talked about how we don't have reading specialists and it's saying that you are, you're collaborating with those specialists um, to do this. Um, so you're, you're, you're designing and implementing and evaluating um, those lessons, reading lessons and units um, to increase reading proficiency. Well, one of our WIGs, Wildly Important Goals this year is on reading. And um, so one of the things that I do, well, I collaborate with my teachers all the time, but to offer professional development, um, I started doing the toilet paper. And it's the it's potty fun, PD. Yeah. I'm just about to finish my February one. It's um, so much fun. It, I already have my February one up. Um, and so it is, um, we, everything on there is focused towards our wig. And so on there, I have information on reading strategies that can be used across mm-hmm. curricular. And then I also have a QR code to a wakelet that I've created mm-hmm. that I can put resources up there for our teachers to scan with their phones when they're in the potty. Okay, I was just going to say, you you answered my question. I was just going to to throw out there that some people don't know what the toilet paper is, so I was just going to ask that you define that. So Potty PD. Potty PD is what it's officially, (laughs) I guess, called. Yeah. Uh, We call our version the toilet paper. I think, Lori, you call yours the trees. It was was toilet trees, but I changed it, and it's just the Wild uh, Cat Stacks um, newsletter kind of thing because I wanted to not just be able to put it in the bathroom. They still go in the bathroom, but I wanted to post it up on, in my um, library on so the wall and make yours, copies at the circulation desk for people Yours to take. goes all to your library. 
What do you mean? Yours, everything on there focuses on the oh, library. It totally focuses on the library. So mine doesn't. Mine focuses on the wig at our school, which is to increase reading, students be successful by 60% by April or something like that. Um, yes, I do know it off the top of my head, kind of, sort of. Um, but everything has to do with that wig. And um, so then the reading resources that I have on there, I, I want them to be cross-curricular for everyone and then yeah mine's the same thing but I'm trying to go from the standpoint of promoting the library and the role of reading that we bring into it so it's still school-wide it's just I want everybody to know that it's I'm the expert and I'm the one that is available as the point person to come to for all of those things yeah Mr. Crawford has just made it known that I did the the toilet paper so he um He's like asking Anita any questions about it, but he gives me final approval before the new one goes out. Okay. Um, because it is a school wide thing mm -hmm. for our SSP team, basically, mm -hmm. that we're putting together. My theme for this month is for the love of reading. So mine has a lot of reading stuff on there as well, um, since it's Valentine's month and stuff. So got to promote the love. That's cool. Um, but anyway, Ingrid, um, what's your take on it? Well, I think that. What y'all are doing is phenomenal, and my take is significantly smaller in scope. <laughs> um, but I will say that we we develop different types and introduce different types of reading strategies within my Enrichment Wednesday group. So, for example, um, this week we really did some block reading where we chose, you know, a paragraph or two and then just really went through and, and looked at that from a comprehension standpoint and being able to apply other things to it. So depending upon um, where the kids are at and what we're doing within the activity of that group, yes, we introduce those reading strategies and, um, and hit upon numerous ones and, and hoping that it helps the students to find one that really works for them that they find that they can use independently. Uh, so I really like that as well because um, I think one of the reasons that students don't like to read is they open a book and see all that text. And so when you're breaking it down to a smaller portion of text and, you know, um, and really they're just seeing that section or block like you were just right. talking about versus all of the pages, um, I think that that's, one, uh, that's a strategy as well to like get them interested in reading um, rather than taking... It from, I just, guys, I'm trying to hurry because I just got the signal from Anita that we need to wrap up. And Sorry. we have more foundations here. Um, no, we have um, three more. So we're looking at curating and um, we're, cre we're curating, we're creating a rich reading environment and culture within our school libraries to nurture their learners' journeys in finding their passion for reading and lifelong learning. And I think we've really covered that a lot in things that we've already said in mm -hmm. the other foundations and stuff. Um, and so um, we create, evaluate, and maintain policies that reflect the principles of the intellectual freedom. Um, it's really just um, in protecting learners' privacy and confidentiality when we're curating all of our, our um, resources and books and everything. Yes. So then the next one is explore um, with deep, no deep knowledge of a wi uh, the wide variety of authentic reading materials available in the school library and beyond the school library and has a key role in improving learners' reading proficiency and increasing their learning by supporting reading promotions and initiatives um, and um, even bringing in the public libraries and community organizations and advocating um, for all learners to ex exercise choice and, curi and curiosity in what they're reading 
and to advocate for learners to explore innovative ideas and produce creative learning products. I think we in Cobb have a really good relationship with the public library. I was we just do. thinking that too. And, when you said and that. so that's that's really good. And then um, I offer, you know, they can check out the books from the CLC, but I also have ebooks and audiobooks that they can check out anytime. And um, I love our new Sora app where I love it, it connects with our public library mm-hmm. so the students can see the books that we both have and um, can make choices among the libraries. The I want to do a shout out to Ashley Sherman. Uh, she's one of our library media specialists in the district and she's in uh, which elementary? I don't remember which elementary. Fry. Fry. Okay, so they actually did a field trip to our public libraries, which I thought was awesome. I, Hello. Um, Oh, I'm sorry. Well, I mean the kids. She had all of her kids. Mm-hmm. Like they, the kids did a... So when uh, the new North Cobb branch of the public library opened, it's right across the street from North Cobb, which is right in front of Autry. We took um, 68, I think it is, uh, students over for the ribbon cutting and grand opening to be the first students to see the new oh, that's space. that's awesome. It is. I love that. Yeah. No, I mean, so I'm just saying like, like field trips to the public library are a thing. <laughs> Like, they should always be. That's amazing. Right. I mean, finding the transportation to get them there for us would be very difficult um, and funding it and everything like that. But I just think that's great. And we've got Read Across America coming up. So I've invited our public librarian um, to come over and do some book talks. Um, You know, obviously, the public library is... Uh, able to get books a lot quicker than us sometimes through desk or for, through follet because of the processing and everything like that. Anyway, um, and so I feel like if she comes over and does book talks about some diverse books, and um, I, 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 this might be another topic, but y'all know that Read Across America has t- has taken out Dr. Seuss, right, and pushed into the that. diverse the mm-hmm. diverse books thing, which is fine. Uh, but um, so yeah, I've invited her over to talk about some diverse books for our students and all. So then the the next one, the last one is Engage, and so we're looking at um, along with classroom educators and reading specialists, school librarians provide and participate in continual professional development related to library services and reading that reflects current research. Um, they ensure open access to library stakeholders um, at the point of need. They model and advocate for the principles of, uh, they keep bringing up intellectual freedom and the learner's right to read. Do you guys have anything posted about the learner's right to read in your libraries? No, um, I don't. And, I do not. Um, learning professional development opportunities to ensure the school community enacts effective practices in reading promotion instruction and resource integration. So I run so, a lot of promotions in my space. I have two going on right now. I have the Read 20 and 2020, where students are challenged and and staff are challenged to read 20 books uh, by May 8th. Um, So we have that going on. Um, And then I also am doing something special, encouraged by my friends here who allow students to come in and eat in their space, which I would always (laughs) cringe at before. Um, So I am doing Read with Friends. Uh, for Valentine's Day, so every and third, I just want to say I'm a Friends fan too. So yeah, I am a huge Friends fan, and I posted pictures of this on Twitter. But I did a display with the Friends theme, um, and have pictures of all the Friends characters reading. And um, I made a survey to go inside of the books, and so I have books paired uh, when we have multiple copies on the display, and the students are encouraged to read it, fill it out and return it and 
pair uh, groups of students that do that. I'm not going to say pairs because it could be three, four, or five, but uh, students who uh, read the same book together, uh, when their slips are all turned in, then I will draw students to eat in the CLC. So the whole group of people could eventually eat. Like I had somebody yesterday that turned in where there's a group of five reading the same book. That's so awesome. if I draw one of theirs, then all five of them get to eat in the CLC that I Friday. I love that. I so. love that. Well, I just want to say on, I, I'm super excited. So um, I talked about this a little bit in our last podcast, um, the Pop Open More Books in 2020. And so this past Friday was the first Friday that I actually was able to make popcorn because it took a minute for the kids to realize they had to get their scorecards and all this and get them stamped and whatever. And uh, so it was it was amazing. It was amazing. And students participated that I never even imagined would participate. And so I'm meeting new kids. Okay. I'm meeting new kids in the library. I they're, love that. That's awesome. Yes. They're Yay, coming into kids. the library and um, they're bringing their books and, um, and we're having book discussions. So we, between me and my pair last week, we um, book discussed uh, with 35 different students. And so uh, it's the word on the street in Griffin is that to participate, um, you know, because kids are like, well, what if I just check out a book and I don't read it, you know? Well, guess what? The word on the street is that Mrs. Quintana is going to ask you questions about your book, yes. you know? And so um, I just want to tell teachers out there, too, because I think um, in the past, uh, you know, especially in our reading classes and Griffin Reads 30, the question I get from our teachers a lot is how do I book talk or have book discussions with students if I haven't read the book? And you really don't have to read the book, okay? Um, I mean, I've I have knowledge of a lot of the books that I haven't read and stuff, but you really don't. So these students are actually walking up because of word on the street. And um, I say, okay, um, which book did you read? And then they hand me their card and I get the stamp out. And like, I'm going to talk to them about the book, but they're already like, well, aren't you going to quiz me? <laughs> and so I'm like, well, yes, we're, it's not really a quiz. We're going to talk about the book because I want to see what you think about it and what you read. And, um, and so you, it might be a book I want to read that I haven't read. And I, so I want you just to tell me about it. So I love that yeah. they create that. Yeah. We had a line at the circulation desk. They were lined up waiting love to that. tell me about their book. Yes, it's amazing. And I love that they have that expectation. Like my kids will hand me a reflection sheet and then they'll just stand there. <laughs> And I'll be like, okay, so tell me about your book. And they're like, well. And it's like opening a floodgate most of the time. And they're like, well, then this happened and this happened. I'm like, ooh, what was your favorite part? But but it's that moment of expectation. Like, they're ready. Like, I know I'm going to have to talk it, to you it, about this. And I am prepared. Right. They're just I very mean, they act, But they're actually read. Of course. You know I mean? Yeah. They're actually read. So that is the part that's the most amazing part that they're reading. And so, I, I mean, I was just so excited about it. I walked away from work that day so happy. And um, I'm like, okay, this really worked. And the even better thing, and you'll you'll be able to relate to this because you have your popcorn maker, is that the smell of the popcorn yes, going through the building. Yeah. And so they and then they see the other kids with their popcorn. Yes. And so you're building readers. Um, and it's not about the popcorn or anything like that. But it's um, it, you're. I mean, in a way, it's it's providing kids an opportunity to be rewarded for their reading, first of all. But they're actually reading and um, and getting. I get to discuss the books with them. I'm getting that one-on-one -on -one action with them that mm -hmm. I don't normally get because I don't see them every day unless they come to the library. Um, and there's nothing, in my opinion, um, I don't have a problem incentivizing students to read. And so if giving you popcorn incentivizes you to check out a book, I don't care if you're reading a graphic novel, I don't care, I don't care what yep. you're reading, mm -hmm. I don't care if Just you're reading, 
you know, you check out a magazine and you're reading it. I am fine mm-hmm. with that. And if that is something that, that encourages you and pushes that student one step closer to picking up a book, mm-hmm. I'll make popcorn all day long, right? sweet pea. I got nothing but time for you. Yes. And you reflect on your book and you have a conversation with me and I will give you more popcorn than you want. Like, I, I don't understand why people feel like it's a negative thing. And I'm fine with it being about the popcorn. You know what? And I'll go above the reading part of it. These kids probably are getting popcorn. They have never been, ever had the popcorn before or don't get it very often. Yes. Or have that, you know, reward of having popcorn for a snack or something like that. And so I feel like I am going above and beyond providing those kids with that opportunity as well. And they don't get it at home. Like I have kids every day. (laughs) <laughs> so this morning we were in the library and uh, I had a kid who walked up and said, can I have some popcorn? And uh, one of my kids who works at the circulation desk turned around and said, read a book. <laughs> I know. And they that's, are. that's normally they're, what I say. They're, they're like, becoming... can I get popcorn? And I'm like, yeah, read a book, get some popcorn. But it just, yeah. Mm-hmm. I only had one student, one guys, and it was, and I just, I chuckle at it now, who stopped at the counter and said, how do I get popcorn? And then I explained it to her and she said, oh, that's Just a reminder that everything we say is our own opinions and not the opinions of our school or our district.